0: Unscripted. Unshackled. Uncouth. What you're about to hear is for mature ears only. It's Miguel. Ricky. Yeah. Yeah. You're a dumbass. Have a wonderful day, okay? Bye bye now.
1: Holly.
2: I finally got boobs and a butt back.
1: And Scotty the body. Am
2: I not as cool
1: and good looking as I think I am? The Miguel and Holly
2: Uncensored Podcast. No, my tongue feels too big today. Only from Hot 101.5. Give me Kit Kat or give
0: me death. Tampa Bay's new hit music. It is another day, another Miguel and Holly Uncensored, where I feel like we're tackling the tough issues that we just don't have the time to on our regular broadcast show. Mm -hmm. And we have time to really delve into topics. And sometimes just be completely crazy and uh, play some random songs that we'd never be able to play on the radio.
2: Or inappropriate.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Um, but I feel <laughs> like one of the things that has been occurring a lot is when people call you and or you see someone you haven't seen in a while and you go, how are you? There's that, well, murder hornet, hornet a pandemic. Uh, Black Lives Matter, Social Unrest, Aunt Jemima now, Uh, J.K. Rowling, Harry Potter, uh, do we still support it? Do we still support these things that possibly have racist undertones to them that have always? Um, And the world could end this weekend.
2: Oh, yeah. They'll forget because apparently somebody effed it up and the Mayan calendar that said the world was going to end December 21st, 2012. Yeah. uh, Or was it December 12th, 20 something? Uh, December 21st, 2012. That was wrong. Uh, they were using the Julian calendar, not the Gregorian Aye. calendar. Uh, so the date actually is June 21st, 2020. Yeah. So that's, oh, and there's aliens.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On <laughs> top of all of that. Don't
2: forget this. They said there's probably aliens.
0: Yeah. I'm pretty sure there's something else around the corner. Uh, but one of the things that I feel like we, I, as a gay man, has forgotten is that it is Pride
2: pride.
0: Yes. I mean I still have not put up on the Miguel and Holly Insta and Facebook page like the Miguel and Holly Pride logo, <laughs> the Pride logo. <laughs> like I just there been like my mind mm. is is filled with so many other things that like little things like that I'm just yeah. forgetting about, and because the normal markers of Pride are not here, like normally, uh, you know the beginning of June. I would go to Orlando at some point for gay days Mm. because that usually would kick it off. And we were planning on going this year because we didn't get to go last year. And then normally you go to the mall and you see pride flags everywhere or you go downtown St. Peter, Tampa. You see pride flags. I haven't been to downtown. I can't tell you the last time I went to a mall. We didn't go to Orlando.
2: Although I will say they had rainbow balloons at Publix. Hey. Wow. Yeah, I was at Publix yesterday and I got one because my daughter wanted a heart. Rainbow Heart Balloon. Mm. And when I was getting them, I can't remember her name, the one that works there in the bakery usually, and she knows us, um, she was like, are you getting that for Miguel? I was like, (laughs) no, let's getting it for my daughter. But, yeah, so they have their Pride Balloons out. And, by the way, at Universal, because I was there this past weekend, they have a whole bunch of um, paraphernalia that says love is universal.
0: Mm, And so we got a
2: backpack, and it's got the rainbow stripes on it. Mm, And there's, like, T-shirts and all Mm. kind of cool stuff. So it's there. It's just – I feel like it's almost – people are so busy and so preoccupied with all of the things right? that there's not as much of a focus on it.
0: It's not. But I do feel like over the next couple of weeks, uh, what would have been St. Pete Pride Festival and Parade that we normally are a huge part, a part of, mm-hmm. where we host it, we're the inclusive media sponsor of it. Um, we're going to do little things here and there to try to help with that. Yeah. Uh, but it's not the normal stuff. But I do want to spend some time on the podcast over the next week and a half of amplifying voices from Pride. Mm. So instead of our normal, ooh, join us at the Pride bar crawl or join us at the festival. Like, what is it like being an LGBTQ member? And yesterday in our podcast, we had a really awesome conversation with a parent of an 11-year-old trans kid Mm -hmm. and talked about their journey as a parent and what it's like uh, realizing that, uh, working towards letting their child live their authentic life and just how that plays out. So we have another Miguel and Holly fan member that said, well, I have a different perspective of what it's like to live as a trans person um, so Seth, we're calling you that. I don't want to, I want, cause I, Holly told me sort of what you wrote us and I want you sort of talk about what it is that you wrote us and then we can get into the details of the life that you
1: live. Yeah, sure. Um, is there, um, any questions that you specifically have or,
0: um, well, no, we'll just get into it. We're recording the podcast now. So we we just like to talk it out. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. You, Holly, because I didn't get a chance to read the email. Okay,
2: yeah, and that's why I'm really glad that you actually slid up in my DMs because Miguel's sometimes get um, over <laughs> oh, <laughs> a, yeah. well, a little crazy. Right. Um, but you wanted to speak because you now, Seth, you listened to yesterday's podcast, correct? Yes. Okay. Um, I'm interested to kind of hear your story. Um, We're actually following each other on Instagram and have been for a while. And so your story, I feel like is sort of inspirational on a couple different levels, Um, not only with being a trans person, but also the incredible weight loss that you've been through, Mm -hmm. uh, which congratulations. So talk with us about your trans experience first. Um, because in the message, and is uh, if if it's not okay to say this, we can always edit it out of the podcast. You said that you're not necessarily openly trans. What does that mean, right. and how did that come about?
1: Okay, so basically, um, what we call it in um, you know the community um, for trans people is I'm um, um, stealth. So stealth means that you you just live as your gender, and you don't you don't announce it to people who don't know um there are with anything there are different sides of views on that kind of like politics you know some people think that it's harmful to be stealth because you're not raising more trans awareness um i understand that some people think that you know some people like me are like you know i i'm very grateful that people use their voice um to give us more awareness but the way I see it, it is like I came out because I'm not the gender that I was assigned at birth and my whole life I had to go through battling that and for once I just want to feel normal you know mm-hmm. what I mean like I just want to feel like the gender that I am so no I don't I don't want people to see me and think oh, you're trans, and, and then they don't see me as a guy. They see me as something in between. You know what I mean? Yeah.
2: So you are more so taking control of your own personal life. And by the way, really? any person that's part of some type of community that can be marginalized, I don't think it's it's – required that you become a spokesperson. It's not (laughs) always your job to
0: have to speak for everyone in your community and be an advocate because there are people that want to do that, that have the talent to do that. Mm -hmm. And sometimes just living your life is all that you need to do.
2: Yeah. So so talk us through how it was in your experience. And this is fascinating to me because I don't know that many trans people. I think I could probably count on one hand. You think, Mm -hmm. right. And that's the point. Mm -hmm. I would say uh, for the ones that I guess are not stealth, I would say I know probably on one hand. I could count on one hand. Uh But you're right. So I could know more, but I just don't know that I know. Mm -hmm. What was the experience like for you? And like we talked to uh, Mother... Vanessa, yesterday, she said it wasn't like a question of, well, when did you know? It was like it was always a knowing. It wasn't a realization. Mm. Would you echo that or was it different for you?
1: Oh, no, absolutely. Like, I, so I didn't come out till, I don't know, I think I was like 25. Okay. Mm. I'm 30 now. Okay. Um, so, from the first thought that I remember, as a human, I thought of my, my brain thoughts were as a male. Um, I even had like little, like nicknames of the like personality in my head, you know what Mm. I mean? Um, and so when I grew, when I was growing up, it was always, I was the tomboy, you know, um, my mom celebrated my differences, um, back then. Um, she was like you know you be you and you don't you know don't don't let other people bring you down and if you want to wear boy clothes wear boy clothes and this and that and um, that kind of changed when I came out but that's a whole other story but like I so as long as I remember like that was my way of thinking Mm -hmm. however back then like it wasn't as open out in the public is now. So where I knew I felt like a boy, I didn't realize like, Hey, I'm transgender. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Right. Um, right. So, and you know, I went through when I got older, um, you know, I started watching different, you know, LGBT, um, like media, you know, shows and stuff. Um, because then, uh, you know, once I got older, I thought, well, Hey, I must be a lesbian. So, Mm. um, And then, you know, I started, you know, I started seeing people on there and stuff, but it still didn't really, like, click. And once I met my wife, um, she really just was, like, my rock and biggest supporter. And I honestly don't know if I would have gotten to this point if I hadn't met her. Mm. And she just really helped me, you know, just encouraged me to look into the things that I was wondering about and, Kind of, it's just like a process. So, um, once I realized, like, this is definitely it, I just immediately started, you know, I went to a therapist and um, got on hormones and, you know, I've had top surgery like two years ago. Okay. And
0: can you, so it was pretty quick. When you say top surgery, do you mind going, not obviously into detail, but like if there's someone like, I don't, what does top surgery mean? What oh, does yeah. that mean? Yeah.
1: So, uh you know they like cut off your 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 chest or whatever <laughs> gotcha okay so. and so
0: as you've made these steps to like be your authentic self and to live your life how has your family responded
1: well it definitely hasn't been as bad as that lady you were talking to yesterday mm-hmm. um i haven't like lost anyone it's it's not it's not easy, but there are people who have it so much worse than me, so it's hard for me to complain. Um, the thing that changed, like, sometimes that bothers me is that um, my mom always was, like, my biggest supporter growing up, and she, she was so cool with me being boyish and stuff like that. And it's almost like when I came out, she forgot all of that. Mm. And was act, like, she just acted surprised. Like she, like it, she didn't see it come in. And, and then she, it's like her and my family called me my old name all of a sudden when they didn't used to, like, mm. it, like I always had a nickname, you know, like I never felt okay being called my full name. And, and it's like, they started calling me that like they always had. And it was just weird. It was, it was like, they wanted to believe that they didn't see it coming when it, to me, it was so obvious. Like, I didn't even think people were going to be that surprised. Right. I'm but, interested I mean, in
2: the psychology behind that because, like you said, I think that maybe it was one thing for them to accept um, a woman or a girl as a tomboy because in your mind, in a mind of, like, someone maybe that's older, that's they've heard of that and they, they're familiar with that. But maybe in the mind of, oh, wait a minute, our this this daughter that we had is now our son. And it was just like, nope, it's shutting down. I can't I can't do that. I've shut down. Right. And so it's like, how do you reconcile that? But have they come further now or are they still that way?
1: They're 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 doing really well. Um, It kind of comes in waves, though, like. Like, they're, they act supportive to me. I, don't get me wrong. Um, but it does come in waves where, like, I can tell. So, like, sometimes my stepdad and my mom will get my pronouns right all the time and stuff. And then sometimes I can tell when she hasn't been saying the right thing to the people she's talking to because she'll slip a lot. Mm, and I'm like wow. dude it's been five years like I have a beard <laughs> mm. <laughs> right. you're like, like sorry I... not
0: not can't get past this
2: yeah exactly Ooh, what that's is
0: tough. what is it like when that happens are you angry frustrated <sighs> upset
1: it's frustrating because I know that she could be doing better than she's she acts like she's putting in more of an effort than I think she is. Mm. Um, and like I said, I can't really complain that much because there are people whose families like are a lot less supportive. And I know she's not like deliberately trying to be rude or anything, but with my mom, I feel like she's sometimes she's not as receptive, um, to any idea, let alone this one. Mm. Um, than she could be Mm. um but i mean you know she's she supports me so i mean i like i said i can't really complain that much but it does get frustrating um especially this far down the road um i like every i so after i got my surgery i i stayed at my job that i was at um because their insurance covered that um -hmm. So I had actually switched my pronouns there, and that was frustrating. Um, mm. And then as soon as I got the surgery, I literally applied for a better job while I was out on leave for that. And I, a month later, I had a new job, and no one at this job even knows. Mm.
2: And was that a conscious that, decision that you, you decided this is just how they're going to know me now? Or was it anything deeper than that? How did How did you come to that?
1: Yeah. I mean, not only the stress of the job I was at, that had nothing to even do with my gender um, that I knew I needed to get a new job, but it absolutely is liberating to finally be seen like as me um, and like no one even questioning it. Like if someone comes up, like they have no idea right? and, and they shouldn't like it's, that's why I wanted to reach out to you guys is because I am grateful that there are voices out there, um, talking for us and stuff. Um, but I also think sometimes it helps to have still people out there because I think sometimes in the media, it all gets sensationalized. And so people who are like on the right and things like that, they don't realize that it's just a normal person who happens to have a slightly different detail in you in an area that you have not you don't know anything about mm. and like that's super I don't know anything about your your guys's areas and stuff so like why right. would you know it's not any different it's just one small detail like for me being trans is just one detail of my life and I mean that's not even the most important thing you know right.
2: can wow. I ask about um and again if any of the questions are off base just let us know. But can I yeah, ask no about your wife and you mm-hmm. met her before you yes. transitioned? Okay. So when you met her, how did it go that did, – did you know that you were going to be transitioning or, or she sort of helped you, it seems like, um, build on becoming who you actually are? And so I'm curious how that relationship blossomed, how it has continued, has it changed – Can you walk us through that?
1: Yeah. So I have had the most luck when it comes to my wife because my wife, I think, I think my wife is pansexual. Um, She was only with one person before me. It was a guy. Um, So when I met her, it's not like she was like a devout lesbian or something like that. Okay. Um, So, so then, yeah, I mean, she, it kind of just. It was like one thing after another like um me exploring into i think i think once i met her i started becoming more comfortable with myself um makes sense and then she would just support me and be like so if i wanted to look into something that had to do with you know um being trans or whatever uh, buy something that would help that she would be like yeah go ahead just try it just try it like mm. you know and she just was there for me and it didn't i don't think it affected Anything in a bad way, um, it was a little weird for us to get used to, like, okay, first we were lesbians, now we're a straight couple. <laughs> mm. and that was a little weird. I but can imagine, like, yeah. Yeah, but, and I think it was weirder for me, honestly, because I had been like, oh, I'm a lesbian. And she just had been with one person before me, no big deal. Like so, yeah. um, so she's like,
2: "Well, okay, here, here I go. Are. I'm o-
1: on for the it. journey.
2: Maybe I'm bisexual. I don't know what. We, you know, we we'll try it,
1: right? Pretty much. And and also, like before I started hormones, um, I was overly emotional. I think I had a hormone problem. Like I would, I was, ugh. So like, the testosterone has actually helped me. Oh, wow. Um, kind of like, like I have um. I have a, like a borderline, um, like personality, you know, disorder. So like my, my emotions go in extreme. Mm. Um, so I, I'm on medication for that. But like back then it was like, my hormones were all over the place. So I would just break down crying at work and not know how to stop. (laughs) Like it was crazy. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I think it's actually just helped things. And I think she likes me most the longer I've gone on this, journey because she likes the confidence that I've built.
0: And you're probably being your true authentic self.
2: And there's nothing to not like about that. Like that's what is so attractive to anyone from anyone Mm -hmm. is when you are confident and when you feel you love yourself.
0: And you're comfortable in your skin. Ooh, yes. And people are like, oh, hey, how you doing? (laughs) I want some of that.
2: Regardless, Mm -hmm. I think where you fall on the sexuality spectrum. So Mm -hmm. it's probably been... A huge attractor. Just, I mean, in personality-wise, even.
1: Yeah, I mean, she she definitely has said that you know, the more like I that we've gone through this, like the more I've confident I've seemed in myself, and and that she definitely sees like that more appealing. Um, now, mm-hmm. so I mean, she's just been number one supporter. Um, I haven't, I don't really have a story of being with a spouse that couldn't handle it or you know didn't know what to do or whatever like she's been so amazing the whole way and that's just who she is though like she's such a supportive person she's such an empath so Mm -hmm. I it doesn't surprise me so
0: what would you say to people that are listening that are like I just don't get it I can't wrap my brain around it Mm -hmm. If you were born a woman, just be a woman, it it doesn't make sense to me. What would you say to them?
1: I think uh, it's like anything else um, where people forget that they can step away from their situation and kind of just try to flip it and put it in the perspective of someone else. So like imagine you're like Holly, imagine that all of a sudden you're going out and everyone's calling you sir and you're like dude what the hell mm-hmm. like yeah it's, yeah. it's, it's like that mm-hmm. like you just don't feel like you're what they're calling you and it's so it's so problematic especially like for instance when i had to go in the girls locker room at a gym in high school like my head was down the whole time. I felt like I should not be there. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know per se I was trans to label it, but I knew I wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> yeah.
2: uh, okay, okay, so wow. that so you're like, this is wrong. I feel wrong. And like you mm-hmm. know when you feel that way, right? Like yeah. I mean, we can put kind of put that across the board on anything, right? Like you know what in your gut when you're like, something isn't right. it's that's called your intuition, right? Mm-hmm. So you're feeling that, and you're like, so I look like I should be here, but I don't feel like I should be here. And that was and like know, the first thing. I
1: always assumed people saw me the way I saw myself. So I felt like people saw me and were like that's not a normal girl. Like that's not. Mm. Like apparently I thought people saw me more boyish than they did. Mm. But I don't know how, because, like, looking back on pictures, like, my wife will be like, how did your mom not know? <laughs> <laughs> like, it's just so obvious. Well,
2: we see uh, what we want to see, yeah. I think, based yeah. on our own realities and our own perceptions, and and we sort of put that on other people.
1: So, if- Yeah, and I've definitely learned that, like, with family, because it's, it's always been easy for me to put some space in between me and my family when I know, like, I need it. Um, but it's just funny how people you could live with for, 20 years don't know you. Mm. You I, know, I, it's so, I mean, what you're saying.
2: That's perfect tie-in, by the way, to yesterday's podcast. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. And how you see your children.
0: Mm-hmm. See them for
2: who they are. Not
0: what you want to so, see them for, but who they yes. are. Yes. And I think what you're saying, it rings so true. And I had not thought about that in years about how even as a gay man, I always used to have that feeling when I was in the locker room because I would always think to myself, like all the straight guys in here are like joking and laughing and they're undressing. And I was always like, I feel like I shouldn't like I shouldn't be looking because mm-hmm. I know that in my brain, I'm not just looking at them like, oh, oh. hey, bro.
2: <laughs> right. I'm exactly. like,
0: hey, bro, what you got down there? Like, oh, okay. oh. And, <laughs> and but it felt like I was like a peeping Tom almost like I shouldn't be there. Like I should be sort of in like my own little locker so I could change mm. because I felt like I was looking for the wrong reasons. Right. And so mm-hmm. it's so fascinating that you say that, Seth. I totally identify with that. Um, Yeah. if there is someone listening that you sort of awoken something in them and they're like, all these feelings that Seth has been talking about are things that I'm starting to feel, what is the first step in starting that process of becoming who you know that you are?
1: Um... It could be different for different people, but when I first started realizing what my options were and what was available to me, I started buying things that uh, help that situation. Like, um, like there are things that you could do. Like, for instance, like um, if, like if let's say you're female to male, like you can bind your chest. So they make things that will like flatten out your chest and stuff. Um, they make prosthetics that you could use and stuff. And I would play around and with that stuff to see how I felt, see if I felt more comfortable. Um, as far as like getting the actual process going medically, um, most states um, you have to seek out a gender therapist before you can start hormones.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and so I, I personally don't have any problems with that because it is a very serious thing. Um, it annoys me when people are like, oh, well, what if someone regrets it? And it's like, this is a big thing. It's not something that you can just jump into. Right.
0: Lightly. It's not like accidentally buying a car you don't like. It's like, oh, I made a big purchase. <laughs> Got to take it back. This is your, yeah. your your soul that you're dealing with. Mm-hmm. This no one and, and goes the way into this other lightly
1: people are gonna treat you. So you wouldn't right. just jump in it's like Miguel, like you wouldn't have come out as gay if you weren't sure, like especially in the time that we grew up, like you knew you were gonna get some backlash from it. Oh yeah. It. So Absolutely. you wouldn't just do that. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're
2: like, Well, this seems fun to try. <laughs> <laughs> <Let me laughs> dabble in this. Yeah, just trying on a shoe.
1: Like yeah, it, it's, it an, it's and a that's l- the thing is people think it's like, Oh, I feel masculine. It's not like that. It's, it's completely different. I understand. It's hard to understand, like if you're not going through it, but it's not that you're just like, Oh, I, I like masculine things. It's like you actually feel like you are a man Mm. and, and that's who's in your, in your brain. Like, Mm. um, but yeah, so you have to seek out like a gender therapist and then you can, um, you know, I, I found a lot of resources online there are people who list things in different states of what's available to you. Um, healthcare is a bitch. Mm. Um, at least here, I have to drive an hour away, um, to get my hormones. And if I go to any other doctor and have to tell them that I'm trans, they usually treat me like a freak. Mm. Um, and that was before they took away our rights. So this should be fun. (laughs) Hmm. Um, but if you have like a cold or something and you're trans, you don't have to tell them, but if it's something like more invasive, then obviously you have to tell them.
0: Well, Seth, thank you so much for sharing your story. I really hope that you've helped some people understand because, you know, I always tell people when it comes to being gay that, you know, it's not for you to understand, but it's for you to respect that I'm a human being that just wants to be yes. happy and wants to live a life, and so you know, hopefully we've helped some people just even get to that, right? And not be like, well, oh my gosh, what? Is, oh my god, where well, it's like I'm a human being.
2: Yeah, and I think that the the even though they can be uncomfortable and you sort of feel like, oh, maybe this isn't something that someone wants to talk about or should talk about, whatever. I think having the conversations only help, right? So thank you for coming on.
1: Yeah, no problem. And I just wanted to, like, reiterate that, like, being trans doesn't have to be, like, this sensationalized, like, weird third gender. Like, I think that some people think of it, and that's why they're afraid to give us, like, rights and stuff. Like, we're literally, like, your neighbor could be trans, and you wouldn't even know. It's not a big deal. It really isn't a big deal. (laughs) Right.
0: Um, and actually, be- real quick, because uh, I had someone interview me yesterday about uh, the decision that came down with the Supreme Court about being able to fire someone or you can't fire someone based on their sexual orientation or gender I- gender identity. And I was interviewed and they asked me about uh, trans people and about the bathroom issue. And I spoke on it the best that I could. But from your perspective, because I want to make sure I said the right thing. Um, if someone came to you and they were like, well, I don't want you being in the bathroom, blah, 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 Like, what do you say to people like that who have that belief?
1: It's really hard because usually people who think like that are the opposite of anyone that I associate <laughs> with. But, <laughs> right. But it's just like they're, they're, like I said, they're seeing it as some kind of weird like third in between or they're seeing a man in a dress. Hi, that's drag. That's not trans. (laughs) Right. If you're worried about someone, if a woman is worried about someone looking at them in the bathroom, why aren't they so worried about lesbians? Like, a trans woman is not going to look at you in the bathroom. They're scared for their life. They're more worried about getting in and out as quick as they can without being, like, you know, harassed. They don't care about you. Get over yourself. Like, that's not going to happen. And if a guy walks in and is like, I'm transgender, like, no, he's not going to he's going to look like a normal guy if he's actually going in there as like some kind of predator. Thank you. It's just an excuse. I think, I think people just need an excuse.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Seth, thank you so much for bearing your soul and sharing your story with us. And as we are celebrating St. Pete pride, even though we don't have all the normal festivities, but being able to shine a spotlight on the different people in the Miguel and Holly fam and what makes it so diverse and so beautiful. Mm-hmm. Thank you so much. We really appreciate it.
1: Absolutely. You guys don't know it, but you're like my best friend. <laughs> mm. We are. That's why yes. we call you
2: the Miguel and Holly fam. That's right. That's right. Thank yeah. you so, so much.
1: No problem. Thank right. you. Bye-bye. Bye.
0: I love that. Mm. I thought that was just so cool because I've never gotten to sit down and have those conversations because I have trans friends in my life.
2: But at the same time, do you really want to, like, go to a cocktail party no. with them and be like, so let's talk.
0: Your parents. Yeah. Let's start there.
2: Yeah, no, nah, nah, nobody want to do that.
0: Those aren't conversations we're having at Enigma when we're sitting around having some cocktails.
2: I know um, a person that I was in a wedding with who I, I don't even know. I don't know the proper way to address this person, Mm -hmm. so I won't, but I would love to hear this person's story. Mm. I actually think they go by the Z pronoun, and that confuses me. And I don't mean to say that scares me. Don't Mm -hmm. confuse the two. It confuses me, and I don't understand it. If I could reach out to this person... And maybe get them on the podcast either tomorrow or later this week or next week or something since we're in Pride Month anyway.
0: Absolutely. Um,
2: Maybe we'll do that because I just feel like we're getting a lot of knowledge. Right. And it's okay. Like, obviously, nobody wants you to, like, intrude on their business. But if someone is willing to come on and speak and even just answer questions from their own perspective. Right. I find it really helpful.
0: Absolutely. And I just love bringing on different voices because... I'm tired of talking. (laughs) And you know my story. You heard my story. You hear it every morning on the radio.
2: Yeah, we got you.
0: Yeah. So it's nice to hear some other perspectives on people in the LGBTQ plus community. So thank you. And if you are one of those members and want to be spotlighted uh, for the rest of this month, you can always shoot one of us an email. Probably Holly.
2: Yeah, probably.
0: <laughs> Holly at Hot1015TampaBay.com.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, and you can always uh, hit her up there. If you want a pride sticker, I've got a few more left. And even if you're like, I'm pretty sure they're all out, shoot me an email and I'll let you know if it's going to be a pride sticker or a regular sticker, okay? Right, right. Miguel at Hot1015TampaBay.com. Holly, what's all your social?
2: Radio Holly on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. And Holly on Hot 101.5 on Facebook.
1: Scott. That's Scott Tavlin. S-C-O-T-T-T-A-V-L-I-N on Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter.
0: Miguel Fuller. M-I-G-U-E-L-F-U-L-L-E-R. You can see me on Instagram, TikTok, Snapchat, and Facebook. And you can listen to Miguel and Holly Uncensored on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, surprisingly.
2: Yeah, that's Wow.
0: And even if you ask Alexa to pull up uh, Miguel and Holly Uncensored, it'll do it there, too. Why not? So just make sure to rate and subscribe. Until next
1: time. Catch up on previous episodes of Miguel and Holly Uncensored now on the Hot 101.5 app or on iTunes on your smartphone. It's Miguel and Holly Uncensored. Quarantine edition from Hot 101.5. Made hot by Corona Beer.